Hi friends, I'm Gwen. And I'm Jacqueline. Welcome to Talk Bookish to Me. The podcast where friends get together and talk about books. Happy Monday, bookworms. Welcome to episode six, where we're having our very first book discussion. Gwen and I read Ghost by Dolly Alderton, and today we're sharing our thoughts. In the details of today's episode, we'll link the author's website and have a link for you to purchase the book if you'd like. Before we dive into the book discussion, though, I do want to warn you guys that I there might be some noises in the background. I did get my first foster placement, a young child, and so he's playing upstairs right now. But in case you hear anything, or even my dog barking... It's because of that. (laughs) I just want to say, Jacqueline, I'm so happy for you and this journey you're on. I'm sure we'll talk about this more in a future episode, and I look forward to that. But for now, Dolly Alderton. She is an author, journalist, and podcast host, a freelance journalist for the past decade, writing features, interviews, and columns for a range of magazines and papers. Um, You may know her as the author of the Sunday Times bestselling memoir, Everything I Know About Love, which was published by Fig Tree Penguin and Ghosts is her first novel or her debut novel. I always find it strange when I hear of a book being a debut when they've actually written before, especially like a memoir. I'm like, that's still a book. You published something previously, you know? Yeah, yeah. A debut is the first novel an author publishes. Debuts are often the author's first opportunity to make an impact on the publishing industry and thus the success or failure of a debut novel can affect the ability of the author to publish in the future. Although a memoir is written like a novel, it is important to remember that it is not one. A memoir is true, which I do love like memoirs. A novel is made up and there are other general techniques like tense and viewpoint that are handled differently in each format. I actually recently figured out that I do really enjoy memoirs. I think it is that true aspect that I find interesting. So the book that we read and we hope you had a chance to read with us is Ghosts by Dolly Alderton. It follows 32-year-old Nina Deanna, a successful food writer with a loyal online following, but a life that is falling apart. When she uses dating apps for the first time, she becomes a victim of ghosting. Her dad is vanishing into dementia and her mom desires a midlife makeover Plus, all of Nina's friends seem to be slipping away from her as well. So Jacqueline, back when we first talked about this book, one of our concerns was that it was going to tackle too many things, and because it was going to be tackling so much, it was going to do none of them well. How do you think that went? So I I do think that there were too many things in the book, Um, and so there were parts that I thought... I wanted to see more of and parts that I thought would have been better in a different novel like like it could have been two separate novels in my opinion all right let's cut to the chase what did you rate ghosts um I think I'm gonna go I know you hate half stars but I think I'm gonna go with a (laughs) 3.5 I'm actually rating it three stars which is honestly my least favorite rating it's like I feel just like meh Mm -hmm. like I didn't love it I didn't hate it and it's just kind of that middle of the road like eh I don't know type thing you know there were different reasons as to why like I thought a three was a little bit too less for my enjoyment of part of the story but then I definitely couldn't give it a four um just because of like things that I like I didn't like about it. I can't wait till we dive into those <laughs> certain things because I already know like one thing I'm like oh she is gonna hate this when I was oh, reading man. it I was like oh Jacqueline is not gonna like this oh man so um who would you recommend this book to 
Um, I actually think people that really like women's fiction um, would really like this book. I think that's why um, I didn't get my full enjoyment out of it is because it is just one of those chick flick type of women's fiction, um, you know, big decisions in life type of book. I don't know how to explain it. Like she, her whole life journey is like a walk. It's called like wild or something like that. I don't oh know. yeah, 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 yeah. That's what, what it kind of reminds about. me of. You know, like a yeah. mid, you know, midlife crisis type <laughs> of middle-aged woman book is what it feels like. <laughs> yeah, I would recommend this book to fans of Sally Rooney. Um, like, if you really liked normal people, I think you'll like this book. Um, I also think it appeals to people, like, just out of college, 20-somethings, still on the dating scene. Um, maybe all your friends are in committed relationships and you're the single gal I think that type of thing so even though this uh, main character is a little bit older I think it appeals to maybe a little bit younger of a crowd so will this author be on your radar will you read another book by them I know you like nonfiction. are you curious about the memoir yeah I might I might pick up the memoir but the reason that I don't do well with like British books and especially this one didn't have an audiobook. So there's so many words that I didn't know what they were because it's like, you know, it's like a different culture. Um, so I think that's just the reason that I wouldn't pick up another book by this author. Otherwise I totally would if I, I, I just need to teach myself better, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you've read the book or you don't mind spoilers, you can continue listening. But for those that want to save this episode for after you've read the book, this is the time to leave. Thanks for listening. Share your final thoughts with us at talk bookish podcast on Instagram or talk bookish podcast at gmail.com. If you're still listening, we're about to dive in. Let's start with the characters. Are there any characters that you really liked, Gwen? This is hard because I think there were characters perfectly flawed or dislikable, and it was supposed to be that way. I liked mm -hmm. Lola probably the best. Um, mm -hmm. She seemed like an absolute riot, and I yeah. love those kind of... She seemed like quirky, but not like quirky, just kind of like out there, kind of how she kind of, I am. She I was going to say, she reminded <laughs> me of you so much. Yeah, so, but I think that Nina was slightly relatable in dealing with her dad, her friends, and the dating scene. I also mm. appreciated that she really stood up for herself in certain instances, and I'll share examples of that later. So, I did kind of like Nina, but at the same time, she just kind of got on my nerves. I think it wasn't really her as a character. It was like everything that she was dealing with, but I think Lola was my favorite. Lola is also my favorite. Um, I also really like Nina's dad. I just felt sympathetic for him um like you know with everything that he was going through with the dementia like you kind of saw him deteriorate like through the book um so that was like kind of hard because I I kind of see my own dad kind of going through that um and so and then also Nina um I did like you I didn't like or dislike her like I think I'm more on the range of like I did like her like she wasn't super annoying to me but for some reason I just really loved reading Lola's parts like more so than hearing Nina and what she was doing yeah as far as the guys in the book like yes the dad thing was sad obviously um I think anybody that you know has a family member that has suffered from or does suffer from dementia or um deals with that that's just tough in general but like as far as the guys I did not like any of the guys in the book yeah I didn't either I literally 
Well, the, okay, so what characters did we not like? I'm gonna go into, <laughs> I really did not like Max. I can't believe like what he did to her like twice. I just, I, I was actually really upset with Nina for like going back to him that second time. Really I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. So as I mentioned, there were characters meant to be unlikable. And I think Alderdan achieved that. But I also think even the worst characters had their five minutes of awesomeness. So even the characters like Max that I, hmm, 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 not a fan, not a fan, especially yeah. after the second time. But yeah. I mean, I think even he had moments that I was like, oh, that's so cute. So I think yeah. she was definitely trying to like pull me in and like she I felt like her characters felt real I felt mm-hmm. they felt like this is stuff that really happens there's really yeah. people out there like this guys so I feel that even though I think they were meant to be unlikable in this scenario mm-hmm. like that's real so yeah <laughs> it's kind of hard. well and so right I didn't really like Catherine but I totally that whole like friendship mm-hmm. between Nina and Catherine is real life like I know I have been mm-hmm. in friendships like that where yeah you grow apart depending upon like how your life is changing so even though like I didn't like Catherine as a character like she was supposed to be like that because that's what actually happens in real life like, you can't be yeah, friends with so... everybody for the rest of your life <laughs> unfortunately yeah (laughs) yeah you better not ever ditch me (laughs) no but I mean I did feel kind of bad about that situation because I've definitely had that in my own life um Mm. where you've had a friend like she's the oldest friend that she's ever had like the first best friend she ever had and then you know Nina's single she's still figuring out the dating scene Catherine is married she has her own issues with her marriage and stuff like that she also has children and things like Mm -hmm. that to deal with so their life tracks aren't really lining up and because Catherine is so busy she doesn't really have the time to dedicate to the friendship but she also doesn't make it a priority and I think that's the difference. What about the setting? Do you think the setting affected the story in any way? It was set in northern London just for those that maybe didn't get a chance to read. Um, I'm not really, for some reason, I don't ever pay attention to like world building or settings. Um, The only thing about that is the fact that I felt like I didn't get a lot out of it because I I've never been to London. I don't really know much about it, so I don't know what they're talking about, if that makes sense. Yeah, I personally don't think that the setting affected the story. I think that's also kind of the point. It was a realistic story. You know, it can happen anywhere type thing. They did mention, like, certain streets and certain, like, landmarks that obviously... I don't know. I've never been to London. So if you have been to London, if you live in London, you might pick up on those things. But I think the purpose of a setting was, you know, this can happen anywhere. So it didn't really bother me, like wherever it was set. And also I find that I don't typically pay attention in contemporary stories, like where they're set, because I'm just there for the story anyway. Right. But I did have to wait for what felt like forever for my book to ship to me from the UK. (laughs) And I know some listeners express their struggles of obtaining a copy as well. Um, I'm definitely hoping to have more book discussions in 2021. So don't worry if this one didn't work out for you. Um, I personally was struggling and scared that I wasn't going to have the book to read 
thank goodness it came in time. But yeah, it was a struggle, guys. So the next one, uh, what did you think about the plot and the pacing of the plot? Okay, so the prologue seemed unnecessary because the important stuff was mentioned multiple times throughout the story. In the prologue, it talks about the song being the number one song the day that she was born. But they literally mention that like, 20 times throughout the rest of the novel. Um, they also set up the fact that she she went out like with drinks with friends and it kind of set up her friendships and how like she didn't have any friends. But that's also explained like mm-hmm. several times throughout the story, specifically Catherine and Lola. And then it set up that she did the profile. But we already know that because she start. they also talk about that. That's like sprinkled throughout the novel as well. So the whole yeah. prologue was very, very boring. And of course, that's the first thing you read. And I was like, oh, my gosh, am I not going to like this book? And I'm, <laughs> am I going to be forcing myself to read this entire book? Probably. So I thought yeah. the prologue was unnecessary. And why it was split into two parts I also don't understand. I yeah, just... I guess it was just, wasn't the two parts, it was like kind of when she was with Max the first time and then the second part was like the five months later, like, because he ghosted her and then came back in the second part, I think is what it was. Yeah, but I don't... And then you see like her need dad to be get worse. split, really? Because That's I felt true. like... Okay, so since it was heavily focused on Nina's life and everything from Max to her female friendships and things going on with her parents, it jumped around a lot. And I felt like even in the parts, it jumped around a lot. So that's why I didn't understand. Why are you having a second part? Like, yes, yeah. valid point what you said, but I'm like, you're already skipping around so much in the other parts. So like, why did it need a second part? But like, maybe she just wanted to throw another quote in there. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it did jump around a lot. And one thing that I was disappointed about it is the fact that they talk about her being a food blogger and there's like no food. (laughs) There's like, they hardly talk. I mean, they talk a little bit about that, like cookbook slash memoir. Yeah. They talked about the condensed milk (laughs) and then they talk about like her first cookbook and then they talk about her trying to figure out the second cookbook, but like, that's it. And so I went into this book because I love food, Mm -hmm. obviously, and have a culinary degree. And I wanted to read about food Mm -hmm. and I was disappointed on that part, but I was actually excited about the, like the dating part. I actually really liked. I, I thought it was a little bit more grown up than like one to watch. It kind of felt kind of set up the same just because of like dating profiles and that kind of thing um but I thought the dating part was really cool I actually loved having her ex-boyfriend Joe be in there and then when Mm -hmm. like Joe and Max were like like okay I don't know why but I love like I love love triangle type of things and I love when an older boyfriend is jealous of the new boyfriend I'm here for that I don't know why that was actually the part in the novel where it actually flipped for me and I actually started to get a little bit more interested in the actual story like Mm -hmm. previously to that so Joe is her ex and Max is this new guy that she met on the app and I, up to that part, I just, I didn't really care. I was kind of just reading to read the book for this podcast episode. But then when they were going to meet, I was like, oh, it's going down. And I really, really liked that part. That was, it was like that male masculinity, like back and forth battle. Yeah, that was (laughs) really interesting. I thought that was quite interesting. I like that she didn't go too far on that where, you know, like, like Joe wasn't actually fighting for her back. Like he's getting married to somebody else, but there was that like underlying 
like note that you knew was happening. So I liked that, that she didn't go all the way too far. You know what I mean? Yeah. She didn't like, they did, they didn't have an affair or something right. like that. Right. You know, like, right. That would have been exactly. terrible. Like, I don't yeah. even know. Yeah. But yeah, I liked that. But I did, what I didn't like also was that I felt, like I said, it just jumped around too much for me. So mm-hmm. you'd get like a little bit of the dementia, but it wouldn't get into it like too much. And then it yeah. would skip to the friendship and then it, it would just like skim the surface and I felt like it jumped around too much. It could have kind of like packed more of the scenes that had to do with dementia together, or the friendship scenes together, mm-hmm. like a little bit more and maybe Which it would have been better. I feel like, yeah, it could totally be like two different novels because I loved the dating and friendship part of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that um, would be a good book in and of itself. And then I think that the actual like family and dementia part should mm-hmm. be something else because I don't know I didn't like even though I was feeling bad for her dad I didn't actually get super emotional about reading the dementia parts because of it flip-flopping so much so it's like Mm -hmm. okay you're reading about Max and dating and then you're reading about Catherine and her babies and then you're like okay here's a dad that can't remember anything okay we're going back to dating like I I didn't have time to like feel bad (laughs) yeah it that that exactly you it, you just didn't have time to dwell on it, so you just kept yeah. flipping different, like, scenes and different, like, themes and stuff. But mm-hmm. one thing I will say is I, you know, I don't have anybody in my life that has been diagnosed with dementia. I don't know if the representation was done well, but right. from what I read of it, it felt very realistic, and it mm-hmm. felt very... It felt like a good representation. So if you like have a family member or something like that that um, has dementia, I would love to hear your thoughts. Like if you thought it was good representation from what I read. I thought so, but maybe not. I don't know. (laughs) I'm sure we talked about some of the themes, but let me highlight them again really quick. We have ghosting, which is ending a personal relationship with someone suddenly uh, without explanation. And then we have the strained mother and daughter relationships, the dementia and the female friendships. And kind of also, I guess, her cooking blog thing in the or cookbook in the background Slightly. too. It was like very, very faint. small. Yeah, <laughs> very small. <laughs> I would have liked at the end if they would have kind of wrapped up like the new book a little bit more, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they could have shared some recipes or well, like a little excerpt. When she when she's doing the second cookbook and she's like, oh, because of my dad, I'm going to write a cookbook about how food relates to memories. But then she was like, oh, I tried it out on my dad and it doesn't work, but I'm still writing the cookbook. And so, like, I thought that was going to be more of a part. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was going to be like, oh, where she's maybe like making food for her dad and like helping him through. But that wasn't you know right it just kind of <laughs> fell flat as far as like, that goes oh that idea didn't work whatever <laughs> <laughs> so mentioning that how was the writing for you um it was fine like I said the British writing is very hard for me I was surprised though how yeah I did get into the characters more so than I thought so I think that she did do a good job I guess at writing the characters because like I was able to to know who was who. Sometimes some of the you know all the characters muddle together in a book, but I think that was fine. But then the bouncing back and forth was irritating. Yeah, nothing really stood out as great or terrible. Obviously, the author is from the UK, so the unfamiliar lingo, like you said, was there. But it wasn't like so crazy foreign. I've read some like uh, Sally Rooney. Her books were like way harder for me. Just like just 
vernacular that I'm just like not used oh. to and it was like every other sentence type thing but this one wasn't like yeah. super crazy or anything um but again I'm feeling rather meh about the writing just because yeah. three stars nothing really stood out you know that type of thing so what about the ending what did you think um, about that particular part I actually like the actual ending and because I think there's like an epilogue or yeah the epilogue is the ending um I thought it was good the way that it ended excuse me Mm -hmm. I'm glad that Nina actually didn't settle for anybody. I was really afraid that like she was going to be with Max at the ending when he came back. And I was like, Oh, okay. No, no, no. I do not like, no, I do not believe in this. Um, but I was really glad that she actually threw out all of that, even though I'm glad that Lola like got her relationship. It was very realistic to me that Nina is going into her 33, 33 years of life. And still doesn't have a relationship because like it doesn't always work out for people like yes sometimes you can date from a dating website but that doesn't mean you're gonna get married right away or you're gonna find that person that year um so i actually liked the way that it ended yeah i'm glad that nina and Catherine actually reconnected i'm glad that Catherine. you kind of found out a little bit why Catherine was so distant and things like Mm -hmm. that like it kind of talked a little bit about like her struggles with her marriage and she wants to be closer to Nina like they used to be but she doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like she can so I really like that they had that little reconnection I wish it would have been a little bit sooner but I'm glad that it eventually happened um Max of course he remains a butt munch can't stand (laughs) him um but what I really took away from the ending Um, were those conversations between Nina and her mom. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, I did not cry, but I almost cried. It was there. I was, I was welling up. I was a little emotional there. And I'll share a few of those in a few minutes. I think that's like the part that I really didn't care about. And I mean, that's probably because we all have different relationships with our moms, but like Nina's relationship with her mom, I was just like, eh, whatever, don't really care. (laughs) Yeah, I felt bad because, I don't know, I think the older you get, and I am obviously older than you, I think the older you get, and like you said, the relationship you have with your own mom, I just think about, like, I put myself, I I usually follow the main characters like myself, like this is, you know, I'm following Nina, following Nina, but in Mm -hmm. that moment, I kind of stepped out of Nina, and I put myself in the mom situation, and Mm. where she started talking about her husband, and you know, Nina's dad who has dementia, and I was like, so then I started thinking about my own husband with dementia, and I was like, oh no, here come the emotions, so yeah, yeah, so I'll share more particular scenes, but that was sad when she was like, oh, like, I, I don't want him to die yet. Like, I still want to have a life with him. Like, that was Oh, sad. yes, I'm going to be sharing that in just a minute. <laughs> okay. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> so do you have any favorite quotes or passages that you want to share? No, I am not a <laughs> quote person. <laughs> okay. So I obviously do. Well, I wanted to give a couple of examples. There weren't really necessarily any quotes. I'll say that. But there were Mm -hmm. a couple of few passages that I marked. Um, A couple of instances that I really thought that Nina was flying her feminist flag. And Mm -hmm. she really stood up for herself. Um, She said she's talking to Max here. And um, she says, let's see. She says, is that not who I normally am? And then Max says, I never seem keen to please. No, it's what I 
It's what I like about you. And she says, don't say that. Don't give me a subtle warning that I've got to behave exactly as you'd like me to, or otherwise you'll go off on me. I was like, yes, Nina, tell him. Don't tell him, like, don't make me feel a certain way or like I'm in danger of like, it's a warning. I was like, yes. So I really liked that. That was on page 115 of my paperback copy. And then another example um, of Nina just handling it herself. So she had this crazy downstairs neighbor, which we didn't mm-hmm. even talk about. But that was so weird. That was just at weird the to end. me. That yeah, was weird. That, was that weird. could have been left out. That was weird. Yeah. But the downstairs neighbor, see, that was another thing. That was like another layer on the story you're dealing with that. Which I thought and was totally just, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> But mentioning the neighbor, um, so she has this crazy neighbor, and Max is, like, um, trying to take care of it for her, and he says, I think I should just go talk to him, he said. He sounds like he might be one of those awful men who only listens to other men, and she says, no, I said, laying my palm against my shoulder and stroking the soft brush cotton of his navy shirt. I have to deal with him on my own. No, you don't. She's like, I do. <laughs> I said, draining my wine glass. I know that sounds petulant, but it's un- it's important that I manage this situation without the help of a man. I need to know I can operate efficiently on my own. Yes, Nina, tell him. <laughs> so I really liked that. Um, so also another part that I really liked, like I said, Lola, probably my favorite character. And she had these like deep insights into like relationships and men and probably my favorite was on page 140 she says okay here's my theory lola says sitting back on the mountains the sofa's mountain of velvet cushions clearly delighted that her phd in dating was finally being put to good use men of our generation often disappear once they've got a woman to say i love you back to them because it's back to them because it's almost like they've completed a game because they're Mm -hmm. the first boys who grew up glued to their playstations and game boys they weren't conditioned to develop any sense of honor and duty in adolescence the way our fathers were and it says um, playstations replaced parenting they were taught to look for fun complete the fun get to the next level switch players Mm -hmm. or try a new game they need maximum stimulation all the time i love you is the relationship equivalent of level 17 of tomb raider 2 for a lot of millennial (laughs) men and i just that just cracks me up because i'm like yes lola you're probably right (laughs) so i thought that was just so funny that she was like spewing like these like deep insider thoughts and Yeah, it was really funny. So I mentioned earlier that that conversation between Nina and her mom, I don't know if I can revisit it, but I will for this. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the first, oh, here's another one where I marked, sorry, where I, um, Nina's talking to Max and she says, it was so needlessly dramatic, Max. I don't understand why you had to end it in such an extreme way. You could have just told me you were having doubts or even broken up with me. That was like when he came back the first time. Yeah. Like, ugh, yeah, yeah, just exactly. like, I don't understand the I, ghosting thing. I hate that he ghosted. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I'm going to make my, I had to make myself a better person. Shut up. But then he didn't. So I, like, I <laughs> He was like, oh, yeah, I didn't have this side chick to make myself a better person. Oh, <laughs> my God. I just couldn't. I just couldn't. So I actually, I did I did write some sticky notes or whatever, and I wanted to say I, I liked, I appreciated um, that Dolly put in some of these things that I, like, I don't know. I guess it's, what would you say, 
they seem like norms in society, but we try and like break out of them. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was when Catherine was talking about like how she watches her kids all the time and has to know like exactly how to take care of her kids. And then how, when like she got her husband to watch like her child yes. after like the first year and he got a babysitter, like she yes. literally had to write I was this like, whole what? schedule out. Yeah, but it was, I I wrote a little note that I was like, yeah, this is very true. Fathers can get away judgment-free if they do only one thing for the kid and they're labeled as a good father, which Mm -hmm. I know that um, Taylor Swift kind of portrays that in her The Man, like, music video, where Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, yeah, if someone sees, like, a dad taking their kid to the park, oh, that's a great father. But, like, like uh, a mother has to, (laughs) right, and a mother has to, like, do it so many times over and over again to even be a good mother or if you if you see like mothers going out maybe to like oh have like a friday night out people are like where are their kids at like why aren't they watching Mm -hmm. their kids that is so true good so that yeah that was one and then i know there's one other one oh was it not like i felt like we could totally relate when um nina had to hang out with like people with kids and stuff and she was just like yeah no and I was like I totally agree with the girl like it's so hard having friends that have kids Mm -hmm. and then you have to like try and hang out with them like with their kids so I thought both you and I are probably some of the ones that would totally relate to that absolutely oh okay oh you have one more sorry one more (laughs) okay so the other thing is that um when they were talking about the i'm going backwards um so this was in like the beginning like page 35 in my book um when she was talking about the dating app and it was saying how older men always have a good rep for being um good looking with their wrinkles and old gray hair compared to women who don't or like they say right. don't look good with gray hair and wrinkles which is like such a double standard I mean I know I'm, I'm I do that too where I'm like oh like Alan's gonna look so good like the older he gets which I don't know why we think that way but yeah men are always it's okay for them to get older but it's never okay for women to get older what? yeah so there were like little truisms like sprinkled throughout the book yeah. that's what I yeah. that's what made it feel like real for me all right so mm. my super emotional moment <laughs> I've been waiting to share all right so this is where no it's okay this is where it really did change for me um it started in my copy on page 293 so it was towards the end um it doesn't mean we're defeated it doesn't mean tragedy yes it does she screamed slamming her hands down on the back of the chair its front legs lifted and clattered back down on the ground I flinched why because it means we're all Old, and I don't want to be old yet. I'm not ready. And then a little bit later, she says, I'm not meant to say any of this. I'm not allowed to. And I'm definitely not meant to be saying it to my child. But her voice wavered. She pressed her lips in on each other. There's so much left I want to do and see with your dad. I don't want to be in the last bit with him. I don't want a dying husband. I don't want him to die. I don't want my husband to die. I don't know who I'll be without him, she said in a voice so small it sounded like a squeak. I've been with him since I was a girl, Nina. He's my only boyfriend. My only boyfriend. These words threw open a box of ideas I hadn't let myself contemplate until now. I don't know who I'd be without him. You'll be the social secretary of the church and running all those literary saloons and coming up with puns for them. I only do all that because I'm trying not to think about what's going to happen to dad, she said. I might not even want to do it anymore when he's gone. 
And I was just like, oh, I just felt that. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Take a yeah, moment to that myself. That is super sad. Yeah, I just, I, I really, really felt that. So that was really powerful for me. So yeah. is, yeah. I, I cannot think that way about Alvin or I will get so upset, like thinking about like, oh my gosh, I would not be able to live without him. Or like, I always say, I'm like, I hope I die first because there's no way that I can live without you if you die first. There's no way. And yeah. he's always like, no. He's like, I'm not dying first. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was, I don't know. That just really hit me. All right. Anything else that you want to share? Do you have any more final thoughts for this book? All right. So one thing that was brought up so many times was The Edge of Heaven by Wham. And I actually think it's worth a listen. Um, so Nina believes her whole life that this was the number one hit song on the day that she was born. And I'm going to make sure that we have... Um, a link to it in the show notes and you should listen to it. It's a bop. I kind of turned it on like several times, like while I was listening. <laughs> and even though, of course I told you, I hope you're waiting cause it wasn't the number one song <laughs> actually on the day that she was born, which is so crazy, but it's, crazy. it's a bop. You have to listen and super exciting. I've really been into signature cocktails lately, and I thought I could try to find a signature cocktail to fit the vibe of this book. So I decided to go with a deceptively delicious frozen cocktail that Nina needs in her life. It's called <laughs> the Frozen Painkiller. It's a variation on a pina colada. I found this recipe on Vogue.com. Um, it simultaneously lifts your mood as it dulls your pain. I'm like, she oh, needs wow. this. So it is, if you're ready to write it down, but we'll also have it linked in the show notes down below. It's one and a quarter cup of rum, four ounces of coconut cream, two ounces of freshly squeezed orange juice, one and a quarter cup pineapple juice, one teaspoon ground nutmeg and a pinch for the garnish, three cups of ice. So you throw everything in the blender minus the ice. You get that all blended together first. Then you add in the ice and blend until it's thick and smooth and it serves five to six people. Sounds that delicious. Sounds so good. I, now we know <laughs> so what we're having it, the next time we meet. <laughs> yeah, I thought it would be fun. Like anytime we do a book discussion, we pick a signature cocktail that we think fits the vibe of the book. So yeah, if you're into cocktails, other than that, um, I feel like I covered everything. I'm disappointed. I didn't love it more. And even though it's not a new favorite, I'll always remember it as our first podcast book discussion. So at least it has that going for it. Um, looking at Goodreads, there are some two and three star reviews, but there's also some five star reviews. So mm -hmm. I definitely want to say that if it piques your interest from our discussion today, you should definitely give it a go. We hope you enjoyed the book discussion of Ghosts by Dolly Alderton. Don't forget that the author's website and a link to purchase a copy of the book will be in the details of today's episode. If you'd like to suggest a book for us to discuss or have a topic idea for a future episode, email us at talkbookishpodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at talkbookishpodcast. There's also a voice message feature built into the Anchor app, which is where we host our podcast, that allows you to leave us messages right from your phone. We'd love to start incorporating your messages into our episodes. Join us for our next episode on November 23rd, where we'll discuss books and other things we're thankful for. 
Then we'll be back in December on the 14th and the 28th. So a slight tweak in scheduling for December, but exciting things we do have planned. Until next time, happy reading. Mm -hmm.